Welcome to the What's Your Ceiling podcast. We're your hosts, Monty Wyatt and Paul Szczynski. Wherever you are in life, there is a higher ceiling. This podcast is how you become aware of it and how to take action to push through it. I'm Monty Wyatt, best-selling author of Pulling Profits Out of a Hat and CEO of Adding Zero's Executive Development. I grew up on a family farm in Iowa and have gone from sowing corn to sowing seeds of success throughout the world, leading, managing, and training teams. With me is Paul Szczynski, entrepreneur and investor who also grew up on a family farm here in Iowa. We believe every organization and person can be intentional in how they lead, influence, and manage their lives and businesses. What's Your Ceiling is for professionals, managers, executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners who want to achieve more in their health, family, and business by breaking through their ceiling. Every episode will give you real-world, easy-to-implement solutions so that you can be more aware and take action to reach new heights. It's time to discover your ceiling. Welcome to the What's Your Ceiling podcast, where we talk about your health, your family, your business. My name is Monty Wyatt. I'm your host, and we look forward to having a great conversation today with a gentleman who has played pivotal roles in attracting businesses and implements business retention and expansion programs in the past. But now he runs his own firm and specializing in corporate site selection and economic development. I'm really excited to have with us today, Mr. David Gaines. David, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Monty. It's it's great to actually have a chance to be a guest as we've listened to your podcast and and uh, really appreciate the opportunity to be with you folks today. Well, welcome. You know, it's I, I always like to uh, start off with a topic and, you know, a topic for discussion that I want to throw out there and hear your view on it. It's right location, right time. When you hear the phrase right location, right time, what comes to mind for you? Well, it's it's um, there, there's a lot of work that goes into that uh, in terms of preparation. You know, being a former uh, uh, college athlete, parent of a couple of college athletes, uh, collegiate football official, I've, I always think of things from a, an athlete standpoint. So to get to that right place and that right time takes a lot of preparation. And uh, so when you get there, you know that you've arrived and you've prepared f- for that opportunity and and uh, have a game plan uh, in place to try to minimize the risk and be as successful as you can. You know, I, I really loved how you said that right location, right time. It is about being prepared, having a good game plan and being ready for success. And I, I think that's that's critical. And and that sounds like that's a lot of what you've been doing over the last number of years is helping people get ready for success. Is that right? Well, that's the goal of, of what we do. Um, you know, we've come to the uh, uh, conclusion that it's not about us uh, or, or it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us. And so if we can help you be successful or we can help your company be successful, then we've achieved what our goal is. And uh, in that end, uh, if we can help a community or a, com- or a company succeed, that means that there's a chance for other people in that community to have a livelihood that can help support their families. And that's what it's really all about. It's about us. And if we can help us be better, um, we want to be that good team player. I love that. I love that. You know, just to, just to help our audience, the Achiever, get a better understanding of what you do, tell us more about corporate site selection and economic development that you provide. Well, on the economic development side, uh, I always tell folks there's almost someone in every community, no, 
matter how big or how small your community is that does this. It's typically the uh, uh, a champion of your community that is having those conversations with folks trying to improve economic outlook and economic opportunity. It could be the Chamber of Commerce. It could be uh, Economic Development Agency, a, a formal agency that does this kind of work. Um, in some small communities, it's a mayor or it's just uh, an individual that takes it upon themselves to try to improve the community and make it better than the way they found it. Uh, and we support those folks uh, and those agencies by helping them to strategies and, and come up with the, the, um, the data that's needed to help make good decisions uh, and go along those ways. Now, how'd you get into it? Um, well, um, it, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, at the time, I had been uh, an investment broker for a number of years uh, in the St. Louis market. And uh, due to uh, no fault of my own, the, the, a change in the firm, I uh, was no longer employed there and went to work for the local radio station doing something I really loved, which was sports broadcasting, following our high school sports team and got a chance to be the broadcaster when my two sons went to the state championship and, and spent two years uh, being the sports director at the local radio station. But anybody that's ever worked in media understands that you don't make a lot of money. Uh, and we have uh, seven children. And so it takes a lot of money to feed a family of that size. Uh, and my wife came to me and said, hey, the local economic development agency is looking for a guy. And uh, the gentleman that I had to apply to uh, or respond to was a good friend of mine. We had been on the school board together. We had coached Little League Baseball uh, together and against one another. And after a couple of weeks of my wife prodding me, telling me I needed to go take a look, I, I did it to uh, just appease her because I really liked what I was doing in broadcasting. But she reminded me that we were literally starving and um, went and had a conversation with them and kind of uh, learned a little bit more about what they did. I had a, a, a little concept of what it was that the Economic Development Group and the Chamber of Commerce did because I was uh, you know, active in the community. Uh, and we came to terms and spent two and a half years in that community and then moved about 11 years ago, moved to the community that I'm in now uh, and joined a, a bigger organization, went all over North America and Europe for those guys, uh, trying to attract business investment to our community and to the region. And then uh, eight years ago, stepped away and started our own consulting firm. That's fantastic. You know, part of what we talk about is how we break through and overcome challenges that are in front of us. You know, you, you mentioned your number of children. That's one we could spend all day probably talking about that. that <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anybody that has children knows the pain, uh, <laughs> but more importantly, lives the joy of 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 having children and watching them succeed. And we we have seven. And so that's uh, uh, that was a handful. Anytime we went to the zoo or, or to the uh, <laughs> local uh, circus or wherever we went, it, it was a task. <laughs> but, you know. Tell me a little bit of, of how did you have to grow and change to start your own firm after after that time, you know, in broadcasting and working for someone else? What did you have to learn and grow into to, to have your own firm? Well, um, I, I, I guess I'd say I, I've always had a an entrepreneurial spirit going back to the days of uh, 
being a, a 10, a 10 or an 11 year old and, and delivering newspapers in, in my community. Uh, at that time, it was East Cleveland, Ohio for uh, the former Cleveland Press, uh, now defunct uh, daily newspaper and, and the Cleveland Plain Dealer to starting a little company. My first company was called Yard Incorporated, uh, mowing lawns. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I would I would get the uh, the cardboard that my father's shirts would come back from the dry cleaners in and cut that up and use markers and make little business cards, keep my records and and had to go up on prices when the fuel price went up and, and things of that nature. And then I guess in my late 20s, early 30s, had a couple of bouts at trying to be an entrepreneur and failed miserably in one case and had some success in the other. And it, it was always something that drove me. Business was a, another form of competition when you couldn't play football anymore or couldn't play basketball ball or, or whatever your sport was, um, business became the next competition and walked in the door at, at our house at the age of 55 and with our last two in high school and told my wife that I'm leaving the economic development firm and we're going to start all over again. And she looked like looked at me like I was a three-headed monster. <laughs> but I told her, I, but, you know, I told her I'd learned a lot over the last 30 some odd years and, and, you know, working with other companies and helping other companies and, and doing those things that um, those experiences prepared me for, for that moment. And, and uh, we've been very successful at it and, and excited uh, for the future of our firm as now we're talking about a succession plan. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. It is a lot of learning and growing and, and changing of ourselves, isn't it? When we have to, when we become an entrepreneur, because we have a lot of weight on our shoulders. We have challenges that we have to overcome. What What's the biggest challenge that you've you've grown from? Well, I'd say there's been, from a business standpoint, there's been several um, and some we were successful at and some we weren't, but I would like to think that my biggest challenge, which yielded my biggest, which yielded my biggest success came on the personal side. And that was the second time I ever saw my wife. The first time uh, we met, I was working for a food company and she worked for my account uh, that I was calling on and uh, I had to deal with her. And um, <laughs> she was the first woman that I, I I had ever met. I always thought I was a pretty confident uh, 25 year old kid. And, uh, but she was the first girl I ever met that when I was talking business, I would, my mind would just flutter away and I couldn't control my, my conversation with her. Every time I looked her in the eye, I would lose my train of thought. And we were successful that day. She ended up, I think it was eight new products that we installed in, in her store. And, and uh, when I came back the next time to check on it and, and see how the new products were selling, I had determined I was going to ask her out. And uh, I did. And she said yes, but I didn't hear her saying yes because I had prepared myself for for failure <laughs> instead of success. So I, I I told her I said I don't think you understand what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a date, and she goes yes. And I said no 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 you don't you really don't understand it's it's dinner and dancing because this was in the 1980s you know dinner dancing a date. And she goes how many times I got to tell you yes? I've already said yes twice. And then I went. Oh, okay. Now what do we do? <laughs> you know, because I couldn't believe I had just taken the biggest risk uh, and, and had been successful at it. 
and it'll be 37 years we've been married next month and and um, I, I can't wait to see what the next 30 years bring it was my greatest challenge to get to that point to ask her out and I was doing very well in, in business having success uh, for this company and thought I ruled the world. But w when I met her, it was like, uh Oh, you, you've got to, you got to learn how to compete all over again. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I love what you just shared because it's, it's in personal life and it's in business life and even in health, you know, you got to prepare for success and not failure. And, and I think that's a critical comment that you just made. You had prepared for failure in that conversation and, and it surprised you and it surprised you. <laughs> There's a movie that I, I just love this movie. It, it came out in the, oh, I want to tell you the early 2000s and it's called Facing the Giants. Uh, it's a movie, if you've never seen it, if your listeners have never seen it, I, I say, go go get it and, and watch it because it, there's three stories in this movie. There's there's the football side of it because it's, it's about a high school football coach and his team. Uh, and so I always say it's a football movie. But there's a, a story about uh, the coach and his wife and the struggles they were having to start a family. And so my wife says it's a love story. Um, but there's and, and the third part of this is the struggle about this coach and trying to find his way as as a man. And, and but there's a young man in the movie that um, they had recruited from the soccer team. He was a new kid who moved in, into the school. So I could really relate to this young fella. And uh, he was a soccer player. He was good at a soccer player and they were trying to make him the field goal kicker. And he was horrible. But he kept practicing and his father was having a conversation with him about preparing and being ready for when the coach called on him. The assistant coaches were talking to him. Everybody was pouring into this young man, trying to invest in him to get him to understand that he could be successful, even though he failed time and time and time again. And when the coach it got down to a point where they needed a field goal to win the game, the coach called on him and he couldn't believe that it was his time. He didn't think he was ready. And the coach said, you know, you've prepared for this, go out there and do your job. And he kicked the field goal. They won the, the won the game. And, you know, the story goes on, but it's like that in business. And it's like that in life. You have guys like you, Monty, that are, are investing in other people who are executives who want to be better uh, business leaders or young people who want to become a, a business leader or a community leader and you got to prepare and when when the call comes you have to believe in yourself that uh, I'm ready for this and there are going to be days when you're horrible at it you, you you're just not very good and there's going to be days when you're absolutely surprised with the success and that day was that day in the back of that grocery store when I asked my wife out I was horrible at it but I was wildly successful <laughs> <laughs> and, and she'll tell you the same thing i was horrible at it but uh, uh <laughs> you know, and, and as a result you know we have seven children and 14 grandchildren and and i can't wait to see what these seven uh uh young individuals and their wives and uh are doing in the communities that they live in and how they're helping the next set of people get to be better. And that was something my father and my mother always uh, instilled in us that if we help the neighbor, then we'll always be okay. Yep, absolutely. Now that that's a wonderful movie and a wonderful story that does relate to you've got to you got to believe in yourself. 
and you've got to prepare. And uh, I, I think that's fantastic. You know, I, I want to hear how do you manage your life, your personal life, your business life, because that's that's a lot of kids and grandkids and a lot of a lot of stuff you're doing in your business world that's making an impact. How do you manage all that? Uh, it, it's sometimes not very good at it, but I use a things to do list. You know, I had a, a firm that I worked for and uh, the, the fellow that ran the firm at the time uh, told me to write the things down. And I, I put 15, sometimes 18 spaces on my little memo pad and I write them down and I keep working until I get them checked off. And every two or three days, I got to start over again. And that's really the only way uh, to do it um, is, is to uh, give it your best effort and try every day. I love that. You, and you do have to have that to-do list. And I'm a, I'm a believer in putting that to-do list into a time block to make sure that you know when you're going to work on something, because that sometimes that to-do list can be overwhelming, can it? Well, I put asterisks by the things that are important. Um, good. And, and, and it, it's supposed to be the more asterisks that it has, the higher priority it has. But looking at the, my sheet today, I've got six things that all have the same number of marks next to it. <laughs> and, and only two of them are done. So, <laughs> um, you know, you, you just keep keep working at it and keep chiseling at it. And, and eventually uh, it, it gets done. Um, and, and if it doesn't, you know, I can always just tell them I tried. <laughs> yeah. No, how do you how do you think you're different today than you were two or three years ago? Oh gosh. Um I, I would have to say I really understand what it was that my father told me that it's not about me. It, it, it's about it's about us. And you know, he he passed away a number of years ago, a former high school coach and and professor, college level professor. So he spent his whole career pouring into people and trying to help them be something better than what they were. And it's gotten to the point, and I, uh, we, just a couple of days ago, we were at a, a reception, a going away party for a gentleman in our community that's been here for about eight years and, and led city government and, and has done some wonderful things. And now he has a chance to go back to his home community and do the same job. Dad always said that, you know, we're supposed to help people uh, get to the next level, next level, help them to be better. But he never told me that sometimes when you do that, people in your community leave for other opportunities. And so I was teasing this gentleman that I'm getting tired of helping people and they succeed and then they leave to go to another community that I was going to start pulling the air out of the U-Haul tires of these trucks <laughs> to keep people from leaving the community. But, you know, that's that's what it's really all about. Um, if you can help somebody stand up on their own and help them take care of their family. I think Zig Ziglar said it best, the, the noted author and, and uh, motivational speaker, that if you help enough people get what you want, you'll always have what you want. When I first heard that in my early 20s, I played it over and over and over again because I thought it was just a phenomenal thought. But it took about 35 years for it to really sink in and understand that I don't worry about the success of our company. I don't worry about our finances in terms of how much revenue we've generated this this month or are we on track. I worry about whether or not we can take care of the people that work with us and that are our, our customers. And the money seems to always take care of itself. 
Absolutely. Although my wife thinks I'm crazy when I say that, <laughs> but, but there always seems to be plenty, right? It always seems to be enough to take care of, of, of us on our person, you know, us on the personal side of things. And if, and if we keep that focused, then I can sleep comfortably at night knowing that, that we tried. You know, you, you mentioned Zig Ziglar, who else do you learn from, or do you get inspiration from? Oh gosh, um, I, I'd have to say you're on that list. <laughs> I appreciate but, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, um, I, 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 uh, I read a lot, not not in the forms of books because I don't have the the dedication to read books. Although um, a gentleman gave me a book yesterday that I'm I'm really interested in reading about community, but I, I read a lot of articles. Um, I, I'm trying to soak in information anywhere I can get it that that helps me better understand what's going on around us and so to that end i'm i'm uh, listening a lot i recently completed a book by colin powell who just kind of reinforced the the thought in me of uh, investing in other people uh investing in those in our firm that we can help grow and be successful um and and that when you do that those investments pay dividends and and pay returns that that um will astonish you in, in terms of uh, the payback that you receive. And it's not always a monetary payback. Sometimes it's just the, the comfort of knowing that uh, you were there for somebody when they needed help the most. Yep. Uh, that's great. That's great. You know, what's a, what's a ceiling you're working to break through right now? Oh, gosh. Um, I would have to say on a business side to get our firm to the next level. You know, I mentioned earlier that we have a succession plan in place. I have uh, one of our sons, our second oldest, uh, is manages all our data and analytics for our firm. And uh, my wife and I had long conversations before I ever asked him if he would join the firm and uh, if we can grow the firm successful enough that it will take care of his family um, and his two sons and daughter and 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 keep the team uh, in place um, if we can get through to that next level then i'm i'm very pleased with that and and that because that has been something that as i dreamed about what family would be like and and what business would be like was to hand a business down to somebody in my family i i just thought that that tradition was something that we'd always wanted to achieve my parents uh, were educators, so I didn't have a family business to take over. I've had several friends of mine back from our high school days that stepped in and became exe uh, successful executives at firms that their grandfathers had started and their fathers had started. And I'd like to see one day uh, one of my grandchildren run in our firm. Uh, and that that would be amazing if we could do that that's got to be a wonderful feeling as you plan for that and you dream of that that's 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 amazing yeah but he's only six so <laughs> i've got a, i got a long time to wait <laughs> I, I i gotta keep investing in it keep telling them you know hey your time's coming you got to prepare you got to get ready he's <laughs> gonna call you and you got to be ready to go you know <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> 
<laughs> so how how is your son preparing to uh, to become the next generation? Well, I think it's every day he's got to work hard in second grade. <laughs> in, in oh oh my son, okay, your I'm son, sorry. yes, I thought you meant my grandson. Well, um, uh, we we've had him at some of our industry conferences. We've introduced him to some of those uh, folks in site selection that I look up to that are very successful, that are Fortune fifty and Fortune one hundred uh, company. Uh, service providers. I mean, brand names that you know and you probably use every day that they've worked with uh, and their firms continue to to do some really wonderful things in this industry. But we, we've got him in that in that young professionals development group where he's meeting other uh, folks at his peer level uh, that are in this industry and and uh, helping him understand you know what that whole concept is of of what site selection is and and how we go about helping companies uh, be successful at their next expansion at their next location. That's fantastic, and I I really love how you've reinforced the whole whole conversation that we're having, and I want to reinforce this to our our audience, the achiever, that it is not about me. It's about us. It's about developing other people. And that's what you're doing with your son. That's what you're doing with your clients. And so I, I think that's a fantastic belief and a mantra to live by is you develop others. It will come back. Well, thank you. Yeah. And and it, it goes back to that, you know, that thing I said earlier about being, being an athlete and being a team, you know, there's, there was the, always that coach and, and, uh, uh, there were several along the way, you know, Ed Velton, uh, my high school football coach, uh, uh, Dale Collier, another guy, um, uh, coach Gieselman, my, my college, one of my college coaches, um, coach Jim Frazier, the head coach at the college level, all those guys kept talking to me, you know, and, and, and talking to all of us, you know, all those guys that were around me. And when you're 14 and 15 and 18, you don't really get it. I, I don't think. Um, as you do, even when you're in your early 20s, I don't think you really get it un until you've had some years of experience that you understand what those those men and women that came before you gave you and tried to give you, because then it it, it starts to ring. And what's that old phrase? The the older I become, the smart or the older I become, the smarter my father gets. <laughs> right? Because uh, I used to tell our kids, uh, you know, when they were in high school, they're in, in junior high. There, there's nothing they can't think of that I haven't already served the punishment for. Right? That that there there's nothing new in terms of how you how you do this. It's just trying to learn from somebody else's mistake and and build upon a good idea and a good concept. Absolutely. We've got to learn from others' mistakes and we've got to build upon them to be the best that we can be. And and sometimes sometimes you just got to pay the tuition, you know. <laughs> I say that a lot. Sometimes you got to pay the tuition to learn that lesson. Somebody told you don't do that, you know, uh, don't touch the stove, it's hot and you touch it anyway and and you get burned. That's, you know, that's the tuition you being burned is the tuition you learn uh, or, or that you pay to learn the lesson don't touch the hot stove um, absolutely and, and there are times in business and in leadership roles uh, in in various volunteer organizations that I had to pay that tuition to learn that I didn't know what I thought I knew and I, sh I should have been listening and I should have been thinking about it and and working along those lines to to try to be try to be better every day yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, for our, uh, our audience, the achiever, 
tell us a little bit about what your ideal client looks like. And so as we as we're interacting, or maybe your next client is listening to us right now, how how would they know if they could benefit from you? Well, we like to think that we deal in data. And and I'm not really a data guy. And that's why I'm glad that our son Joseph came to our team because he understands the, the statistical chances and relevance and all that mathematical stuff that um, I was daydreaming in math class. And, and he taught advanced high school math. So he, he understands all of that. But most company executives do what they do very well whether it's in in manufacturing or retail or or as a service provider they they provide their clients and their customers with a, a really good service or a product but when it comes time to going i need another facility because we've been so successful that I can't keep up in this place, or I've got to move because business conditions and environments change for whatever reason that is. They're not very good at evaluating what those bits and pieces of data are that help them make a good decision to get to the next place. And and so that's our role is, is uh, we're kind of that counselor that does the groundwork for you in terms of comparing community A and B and C and D and trying to figure out which one is going to give you the best opportunity. Because one of the lessons I learned when I first got in this business, thanks to dad, he had me visit with an old professor friend of his uh, that taught at Washington University in St. Louis. And I was so thrilled when he asked me to come to speak to his graduate level class about economic development that I almost fell out of my chair when Professor Franklin called me because I wasn't allowed on the campus when I was a student because I was such a poor student (laughs) that I couldn't, I couldn't be with those, you know, those, that's such of an intelligent group of people, but he asked me to come speak to him. And when I first met uh, Professor Kirkland and he was talking about what we do in the industry, he asked me why, as a business owner, as a business investor, why would I want to invest in your community? And I rattled off the standard Chamber of Commerce line that, uh, oh, we've got great people. Um, We've got a, a wonderful church network. Our schools are turning out great young people. And he stopped me right there and he said, stop. Everybody has that in that community, in, in a community, or at least they believe it. Because if they didn't believe it, they wouldn't live in that community. Now, tell me again why I want to be there. And I, and I went, oh, okay. Uh, and, and in the community that we represented at the time, I said, oh, you know, we're four miles from the, from the main east-west interstate throughout the United States. I've got uh, rail access. I've got, you know, plenty of electrical power, 20 minutes from the river. We've got a river port. And so he goes, that's what I want to know. That's the business decision that I, I, the information that I need to know, that you could reach 14 major metropolitan markets in a one-day truck drive from this particular community in nine states. The information about the good schools, the good churches, the, you know, the civic organizations, that stuff applied only to the plant manager that he was going to send to the community to run that facility, because that mattered to that plant manager's spouse and family. To him, as the owner, he just wanted to know, is the cost of business going to be better? Is the transportation network going to be better? Is the is the electric supply going to be stable? Am I going to be able to get my raw inputs in easier at less expense? Am I going to have workforce that's going to show up every day that is trained, that is dedicated, that's going to be there? And so how do you analyze that information? And, and it's 
kind of a, a complicated process, but you've got to look at all of that and, and weigh it uh, one community against the other. And then when you get down to the final three or four, you go, here's here's what we think are the best three or four op- opportunities for you. Let's go take a look and see what you think. And then we'll figure out which are the best two. And then we'll, we'll negotiate and then whittle it down to the one. That's and, uh, you know, that, that process can... Uh, depends on how fast the company wants to move. It could be a couple of months. It could be a you know a, a year or more, uh, depending upon the complexity of the project for the company. That sounds a very uh, intricate process where you got to have a lot of data. You got to understand the company. You got to understand the communities that you're evaluating. So that's that that is a lot of data. Yeah, and and the cool thing about this this job uh, as either a site selector consultant or on the other side, the people that represent the community, the economic developer, is if you like business and you want to be involved in the fun aspect of business, this is a great industry to do that because you get into different businesses, different factories, different operations, and and you get to have conversations with people who are trying to start up a new mortgage brokerage firm or a new software or a new retail store all the way up to you know the 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 big firms and you get to understand how they make the process you know how the process works how they make whatever it is they're making and uh it's it's absolutely fascinating to me to be able to see that oh that's great Great. Well, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way to uh, reach out to you? Oh, the easiest way is just to to give me a phone call. Uh, it's on all the time. And my wife tells me sometimes I need to quit talking at midnight. Because <laughs> you can tell I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who likes to chat. Uh, but, you know, they can reach out to us. Uh, give us a call at 636-290-6393. Or, of course, they can always email me. at uh, it's, it's a rather long, but it's uh, David at goldstoneconsultinggroup.com. I couldn't find a shorter uh, <laughs> a shorter web domain when, when we created Coldstone Consulting Group. Oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. You know, one of the one of the last questions, and I, I really love your the interview and I love what you've shared. Uh, one of the last questions we like to ask is what do you want to be known for? What do you want people to remember you as? Oh gosh. Um I always have to explain it because uh, sometimes my wife doesn't uh, get it and I have to remind her, but I thought about this, oh gosh, in my, in my mid twenties, when I was thinking about the prospects of my parents passing and uh, fortunately it was another 40 years before that took place. And, and my mom at 92 is still with us, but I've always said that I wanted engraved on my tombstone, my epitaph to be, tell them I tried dot, 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 dot. Tell them I tried to be a good son. Tell them I tried to be a good husband, a, a good father, a, a good grandfather, a good business guy, a good neighbor, a good community. I tried uh, to be a good volunteer. Not always was I successful. Sometimes I absolutely was horrible at it. And sometimes I was really successful at it. But I want folks to know that I tried. And I, and I tell you that sometimes my effort wasn't very good. And sometimes my effort isn't very good. (laughs) Um, You know, there are times when I really need to try harder. Um, But I want folks to know that I tried to be of, I I tried to be that person that brought value to the relationship that we have. And if, if folks know that about me, then, then that's, that's really all I asked for is that, you know, I, I tried to be of value to somebody. I love that. I love that. 
Tell them I tried dot, dot, dot. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, you know, I, I want to reinforce a few things that that I've learned from you today. Uh, it takes a lot of preparation. You prepare for success, not failure, and learn from others' mistakes. And I really liked your phrase, business is just a form of competition. And, yes. and it's, it's how do we look at life? How do we look at business? And how are we competing against ourselves for that next level? And, and I loved how you closed. Tell them I tried. And I think that's powerful of, that we as humans, that we try our best every single day, that we try our best in whatever we're doing so we can leave an impact on others. It took me a long time to figure out that back in the early days um, of, of trying to be a business guy, somebody would always want to see my activity report. How many calls did you make? How many contacts did you make? How many people did you visit? You had to give that to the supervisor every week. And I hated that. I hated that. <laughs> but what he wanted to see was effort. And when I understood that, and, and it, again, took me years to figure that out, that without effort, you can't have results. And so don't grade me on, on my results because sometimes I failed. You know, grade me on my effort. Uh, and, and hopefully I get a passing grade on my effort because sometimes I don't, I'm not very good at the effort either, but I try. <laughs> what a great way to end our conversation with that, with that statement of without effort, there are no results. Yeah. And so David, I really enjoyed the conversation. I, I appreciate your, your time, your insight and your expertise and, uh, anything else you want to share with our audience before we close today? I guess for the audience, just, just remember, it's, it's not about you. It's about us. It's, it's about them. It's about we, but Monty, thank you for again, having me. This is, this has been a, a big highlight that I'm going to talk about with my mom <laughs> and, and uh, share this, that I, that I got to be with you. Uh, uh, and, and if there's anything that we can ever do for you guys, or for your listeners, please reach out. Um, we're, we're more than happy to be of some help. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. And David, you have a wonderful week and we'll look forward to chatting again soon. And thanks to our audience, The Achiever. Continue to break through your ceilings and continue to grow as individuals. Thanks for watching our episode. Make sure you hit like and uh, subscribe and we'll look forward to seeing you in our, on our next episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to What's Your Ceiling? We hope this episode has helped you transform the way you think, understand your awareness, has given you new ideas, and has provided you a new perspective on how to push through your ceiling. Please take in a second to give us a thumbs up. Each review helps us impact more people just like you making a difference in this world. See you next week on What's Your Ceiling?